Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast. It is just Tom and I today. Brad's got a lot of work he's got to get done. So it's just me and Tom, and we are bringing you the Rockies and the Red Sox. Quite an interesting pairing here. But, you know, a poverty franchise and the Boston Red Sox. Um, Boston Red Sox are in one of the hardest divisions in baseball. Rockies are in also a hard division, but they're just terrible. Tom, how are we doing today? We are doing good. I feel bad for Brad. He gets to miss out on bashing on the Colorado Rockies, one of our favorite franchises to just completely make fun of. I I, I like making fun of this team because they just don't do anything. And we can talk about their offseason uh, as we get into this. It's it's very underwhelming. But uh, just to recap the previous season, uh, very mediocre 68-94 record. Um, they did not trade C.J. Crone at the trade deadline, which they should have done. Uh, Chris Bryant played 42 games. Uh, and the only bright spot on this team was really Daniel Bard uh, having kind of a breakout season, you know, uh, amidst this this horrible pitching rotation and bullpen. Um, really not many bright spots in this lineup. Uh, in the offseason, they lost Jose Iglesias to the Marlins, who had a pretty good offensive season while also providing a good glove like he always has. Lost Alex Colome to the Nationals and then Chad Cole to the Nationals. The Nationals just sweeping in and picking up these Rockies. <laughs> poverty um, picking up poverty. Yeah, and then uh, they brought in Jose Arena. Uh, that's not a good move. Jose Arena is horrible. Uh, Brent Suter off waivers for $3 million, and then Pierce Johnson. Um, obviously, they did re-sign Daniel Bard. Uh, that was the only move they really made that was actually impactful for this franchise. Um, other than that, they're really just not doing much. I remember in the past episode, I said there's no one running the show. There's just a cat on the mic or something. I said something like that. It, there's no one actually doing anything. Stevs, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, yeah, they literally went out and they basically did nothing. They're just trying to they did a couple things to try and stay afloat, but outside of that there was there was nothing to really do. They don't they make any trade. They need to trade CJ Crone, Brian McMahon maybe. Like they need to move some pieces to get some prospects if they want to get competitive anytime soon and not be they're not even mediocre, right? They're 68. They were 68 and 94 last year. That's below average. They went out, they signed Chris Bryant, which was, it was a good move, or not a good move, but it was a good signing. He's a good player, but he was hurt all of last season. He only played 42 games, right? So I think this this upcoming season, you need to, we need to see Chris Bryant stay on the field healthy, and you need to see kind of those younger guys that they do have come up and perform at a high enough level, or at least show some flashes. Let's get into their starting rotation. They got Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Austin Gomber, Jose Urena. Connor Siebold, and then they have Antonio Sen- Senzatella and Ryan Rollison. Uh, they're both injured. What What do you see from what What do you see from this rotation? Um, they they pitch, and um, you know, the only one that has like this slight all star potential is Herman Marquez, and that that's not even that's not even there. It's this yeah. this is probably the worst rotation in baseball. Um, and it does not help that they are playing in Colorado. If you put them in a hitter-friendly ballpark, they might be a little bit better. But this is still – I mean, you could put the best pitchers in baseball in, in, in cores, and they'd still probably do a little bit worse. But you're putting bad pitchers in cores. So this is just, like, going to be an absolute, like, bombshell every game. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, it's just so bad. Like, I, I like Armand Marquez. I just – there's just nothing here. There's nothing here to really be excited about. Like, you're supposed to look at your starting rotation and be like, yeah, like, like there's something there, right? You look at this and you're like, I mean, what, their best DRA was probably around a four? 
I mean, yeah, you got a down season from Herman Marquez last year, and that was your number one guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's kind of got to have a bounce back in some form. I think you'd be satisfied with a 3.5 ERA at this point. I mean, the guys out there cannot pitch, um, except for in the bullpen, which I guess we can transition to now. You know, to, to, to provide some light on the situation, you got Daniel Bard, one of the better closes in baseball, who kind of defied the core's logic. Uh, you pick up Pierce Johnson. No one knows who that is. Uh, they pick up the Nelson Lamette, who had a very good 2020 season and then disappeared off the face of the planet. I think that's because they kept kind of sending him down to the minors, dealt with some injuries. He has some potential. I kind of like him. Uh, does have extreme control issues, though. Yeah. Um, you got picked up Brad Hand, um, Nats legend. He, he made me very scared when I watched him. Um, I would be scared in course as well. Exactly. Brad Hand, single single-handedly brought the downfall of the Washington Nationals. He will always be my least favorite player. That is all I need to say on that. He was so bad. And then um, the back half of this rotation, I mean, back half of this bullpen is uh, a couple more guys that no one really knows. Justin Lawrence, Brent Suter, uh, Nick Mears, and Ty Black. Um, I, this is just, you can't, you can't have one guy in the bullpen unless you want to make Daniel Bart's arm fall off. It's just, if you can't call him every game, so what are you going to do? I mean, Brad Hand had a, Brad Hand did have a very, very good season last year. I think it was with the Phillies. Um, so yeah, he, he had a pretty good season last year, so he could bring something. Um, Dustin Lamette again, dealt with some injuries, probably can bring a little something. They went out, they got Brent, Brent Suter. So maybe he'll be some helpful. There are pieces here. I don't, I don't dislike this bullpen, but again, it is in cores, so it's it's very scary if you have mediocre pitching that the they're just not going to be very good. Also, Justin Lawrence is pretty young, so I don't really he has he's twenty eight. He's he doesn't really have a lot of service time, so maybe he maybe the Rockies can push him into something, but I'm not really sure on that. Yeah, I mean. There's a lot of what ifs on this team, and I'm not sure if they're the best at developing. You know, we haven't really seen a guy like spring out, especially on the pitching side Never of things. Mind. I take Says, back Justin Lawrence. He 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 pitched in 38 games last year. He had a 5.7 ERA. Yeah, that's just hovering about the average on <laughs> out in Colorado. So that's not really saying too much. Um, I guess it's time to move into the lineup, and this is kind of like the brighter side of things. I mean, obviously, since the beginning of the Rockies, uh, their offense has always been the better side of things. Um. Batting first, you got Jonathan Daza, who had quite a – actually, pretty good season last year. You got Charlie Blackman looking to bounce back. Had a bit of a down season last year, but was one of the better contact guys in previous seasons. Another bounce back we're looking for is Chris Bryant, batting third. He should be that guy on this team if they call to him. It's just it's just whether he's on the field or not. When he's on the he's, field, he's actually been good. He needs to be on the field. Like, like in spring training, he's looked really, really good in spring training. But he's, 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 he's still just, Chris Bryant, He just needs yeah. to be healthy. He just needs to be healthy. That's really it. And then batting in the cleanup spot, you got CJ Crone. Probably shouldn't be on the Rockies anymore, but um, he's still there. So you, you got to hope he he reproduces that season that he did last year. Uh, you got Ryan McMahon, um, one of the best fielding second basemen in baseball. Um, then you got Eliuris Montero at third <laughs> base. That's that's the one name I don't really recognize on this team, um, but that's okay. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have those guys filling roles. Mike Mustak is at DH trying to revamp that career out in course, which could very well happen. He's a power guy, you know. Um, you could see something happening out there. Yeah, Elias Diaz, a catcher. And then the young Ezekiel Tovar at shortstop, who I think will have a breakout season. I think we're all kind of waiting on that. And then 
injured players, you got Randall Gritchuk and Brandon Rogers. Brandon Rogers was the gold glove winner yet last year, and he also had a little bit of a breakout offensively. Um, so that's another bright spot in this lineup. I think there's some bright spots offensively. It's just hard to win when you have absolutely no pitching. I mean, yeah, I don't think the offense is the issue here. Off their bench, they got Brian Servan, Alan Trejo, Harold Castro, and Nolan Jones. So they're not deep. Um, so if Bryant does go down with an injury, I mean, they really don't got anybody else to throw in there. Um, Brendan Rodgers has slowly been getting better and better. He had a he had a pretty decent first season, and um, he had a he had a good season last year all around. I think it, we definitely or expecting better from him and I think we will see that um assuming he comes back healthy um but like you got like Jonathan Daza good player Charlie Blackman is old but he's he he can't he has been good in the past Chris Bryant is a MVP candidate when healthy uh CJ Crone again probably shouldn't be on the team but he mashes Ryan McMahon good glove good bat because he's in cores uh uh, Mike Moustakis, uh, needs, had the worst war of like all time, uh, when he was on the Reds. So he definitely needs to revamp his career. I was expecting him to retire, but apparently he really wants to stick around. Um, and then you have the young buck, Ezekiel Tovar, who I think everyone's eyes are going to be on. We kind of need to see him, uh, show anything. Um, he's elite at, at defensively, um. Everyone knows that, and he's going to show out and probably be a lot of highlight plays this this season. Uh, he has poor plate discipline, um, undermine which undermines his bat to ball skills that he does have. Um, he favors hitting fastballs to center and right field, uh, which does play extremely well at Coors Field. Um, and his quality speed may make average doubles become very very triples, especially in uh, Coors Field. Um, so. Where do you where do you stand on Ezekiel Tovar? Because I know I'm high on him. I really like him. I mean, I think a lot. I think it's hard to not be high on Ezekiel Tovar. Um, I, I'm I'm assuming that he'll be that guy in the lineup. Um, and especially when you have good defense and you're already hitting in course field, you're gonna be like you're gonna be like inflated a little bit. Your offense is gonna look even better. You're gonna look even more complete. Uh, there's another guy in the system that we didn't write down. It's Zach Veen. Um, I I I liked him. I wanted him to be on the Giants. I like the power lefty bet. He's going to be good. I don't think he's a guy that's going to make the major league roster by the end of the season. That's probably why we didn't have him down. But he's a guy that could sneakily, you know, shoot up through the minors. Uh, he's already in double A, um, and he's he's been he's been mashing the whole way through. Actually, his call up to double A was a little bit underwhelming. We don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, but the fact that in high A last year, in uh, I can't see how many games he stole fifty bags and hit um, eleven home runs, twenty doubles. That's 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 pretty impressive for a young guy like that. Um, you know, there's not many speed threats on this roster. So, you know, getting a guy in there that can steal you some bases would be very valuable in this lineup at the moment. I'm just I'm I'm looking through. They just don't have like any pitching. Like in yeah. their top thirty, they have a bunch of pitching prospects, but like most of them are like twenty twenty five. Like their good ones are like twenty twenty five. Like in their twenties, they have like five straight pitchers. And one of them's supposed to come up this year. Gavin Hollowell's supposed to come up last year. Uh, they got Case Williams, McCade Brown. Like those are twenty twenty four. They're good. Their their top pitching prospect is Gabriel Hughes, and his ETA is twenty twenty five. So they don't have 
really any reinforcements pitching wise coming up whatsoever throughout at all. So they they need to go out and maybe sign some pitching. Like, I don't know. I don't know what their timetable is. They don't have a timetable, which is something I feel like both both the Rockies and the Red Sox share. Like we don't I don't know what their timetable is and what their thought process is. And it, it's kind of worrying. Like like even the Nationals, right? Like they went through and they reset. So you know their time frame is like, oh, we're gonna try and be competitive in the next in five years from now, right? In the next half decade. This team, like, there's just they went out and they signed Chris Bryant, which was, I mean, it, again, Chris Bryant's a great player, but you don't really have anybody else to go along with him. Like, if you had re-signed Trevor Story and got Chris Bryant, like that would make a little sense. And then you go out and get some pitching, some decent, decent pitching, like, and then you're kind of there, but you're just, I, I don't, I don't know the direction. This is a team that's too scared to sell and too dumb to buy out. So, and, and this is what I'm saying. The, the Arenado deal was quite literally, I, I think, in my opinion, the worst deal in MLB history. The, in the history of baseball, trading Nolan Arenado on a huge contract. They got for nothing back from scrubs. that. Looking back at it. Yes, and he still has years of control. Was horrible. And then you let Trevor Story walk. And then you buy in on Chris Bryant after he had the worst season of his career. Keep in mind, if he's going to get better. But obviously, just from a, from a GM perspective, this is horrible moves. You're picking up Chris Bryant, who I think is like 30 now. Um, little maybe older. I don't know. But you got Hold on. he is got this, 31. So you got you, you got this future, and I say future in quotations because it's not much of a future. Um. And you you try and mix it in with these guys like Mike Mustakas, CJ Crone, Chris Bryant, Charlie Black. These are old guys, not old old, but like guys that will not be around when your prospects are up. So what is happening? I don't I don't know. There is no plan here. I feel like this is a guy that every season he's not thinking ahead. He's just thinking, let me just start from the beginning of the next season, and then the next season. And there's no there's no plan for you know building something in the future. He's all he's not thinking ahead. He's just thinking about right now. Like, what can I do to bring more fans in? Let's sign Chris Bryant out of out of nowhere. You know, it, it's well, just moved like I that. I don't I don't understand why more like obviously I mean like the franchise from the in, infrastructure is not that good, but like I feel like more at least offensive players would want to play in cores, right? Cuz like it does have that that it's going to inflate your stats. Like a player like Juan Soto hitting in Coors Field every night would be absolutely insane. But like just no one wants to go to Colorado because it's such a it's just a terrible run organization. Um, CJ Crone has two years left of his contract. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, I don't, maybe they can trade him this season, try and get something for him. And that's only if he's playing as good as he was last season. I mean, last season was yeah. peak time to trade him. He was playing amazing at the All-Star break, and they kind of missed out on that opportunity. And, I mean, they miss a lot of opportunities. This team just has their eyes closed all the time. I, and I think it's eventually going to – they're eventually going to have this realization where, you know, it's not working. It, we, we've finished horrible every season, and we still have no future. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just a matter of time before they figure that out. Um, unfortunately – the fans are more ahead of the, you know, professionals. So it, that's just the Colorado Rockies for you. I'm sorry if you're a Colorado Rockies fan. Uh, you got great colors. You got a great stadium. 
Uh, love the jerseys, man. But they, they have not the City Connect ones. Those ones are bad. But yeah, they have everything going for them, except it's the field. <laughs> yeah, on the field, it's just not. It's just not there. Yeah. Oh, that. Let's get into our predictions. For me, I have them going the exact same as last year, sixty-eight and ninety-four. I don't really see any progression that they got better. Um, I'll see. I mean, Chris Bryant being back will probably help them. But I just think the atrocious pitching is 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 going to be abysmal. Um, maybe a couple clicks higher, but I see them going about the same. MVP, I have Chris Bryant. He needs to be the MVP of this team. They went out and they paid him. Uh, Cy Young, Herman Marquez. Uh, again, there's not really any pitching. I kind of can see a ba- bounce back season, hopefully, from Herman Marquez. Um, breakout, Brendan Rodgers. Um, I can see, like again, like I said, he was getting progressively. He's gotten progressively better. I think this year, he, assuming he comes back from that injury and he's 100%, um, I can see him taking that a, a, a big step. And then their most important piece is Ezekiel Tovar. He is their young stud. If he shows any signs of life, that is going to be very welcomed. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we're all going to mention pretty similar names. I'll, I'll go off Brad's first. We got Brad's record at 64-98. His MVP is Ryan McMahon. Um, that's, yeah. Uh, Cy Young. Respectable, I get it. The Cy Young, I'm going to put it in quotation marks. This team sucks, comma, Herman Marquez. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's all he said. Uh, breakout, Ezekiel Tovar. I think he's right on page with me. And most important, Chris Bryant, question mark. I think I think it has to be Chris Bryant as the most important player. Um, going into my predictions, uh, I had them one win above Brad at 65 and 97. I had their MVP being Chris Bryant. Stevs, me and you are on the same page about that one. I think when he's on the field, he'll be good. Uh, it's just kind of a matter of whether he'll be on the field or not. And I think that's what what's yeah. Brad's I think that's Brad. Was. I think yeah. that's Brad's hold back from putting him as MVP. Yeah. And then Cy Young got Herman Marquez. <laughs> There's literally no one else you can put other than Daniel Bard. <laughs> um, breakout, I got Ezekiel Tovar. I think I think we will see him be this new star of the team. That, that's not that hard to do, but he will be, he'll be taking over as a star on the team. I put the most important as their pitching staff. I mean, I think their their offense can produce – to, to be maybe a a bottom 10 team in the league and not a bottom one. So I think if yeah. their offense can hold up and their pitching staff can somehow hold up, they will not be the worst in baseball. So my thing with most the pitching staff being most important is that they're just like, yes, it, they are the most important, but I just can't put them as the most important because they're just all so bad that I can't, especially because Brad Hand's on the staff, that I just can't put them as the most important thing i also think i i think i agree with brad a little more than you i love i love i think chris bryant and ezekiel tovar are their two cornerstones of the franchise for at least the next what six years he has six years left on his deal so for at least the next six years they're the two cornerstones so they need to show any signs of life in this this upcoming season yeah, and I think I think that kind of wraps up the the Rockies. I mean, it's kind of a disappointing franchise. I mean, the quote from the GM saying we could play 500 ball. That that's that's not what they're gonna do. They're gonna play uh 64 98 ball. Um, what? Yeah, but, what? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, what before, are the what's yeah. the what's the what's the floor and what's the ceiling? Um, because I think floor at, I'm saying like 55 games. If everything goes wrong, ev- let's say. Jonathan Daza gets hurt. Charlie Blackman's terrible. Chris Bryant plays less than 42 games. CJ Crone is atrocious. Ryan McMahon forgets how to field a ball. 
Mike Moustakis is actually good because that would just be terrible for everyone. Um, yeah. And then Ezekiel Tovar shows absolutely no signs of life, and Brendan Rodgers and Randall Gritchick don't come back. That's about five. That's 50, 50, 55 wins. That's like 30 wins, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, right, I'm right there with you with 55 wins. I think their ceiling is probably about like 70. I think their ceiling is 70 wins. They are such a I, low ceiling team. I, I, I agree with that because I don't I don't see a way that this team can play 500 ball like their GM thinks it's going to be. I don't I don't see it. I don't know if he forgot that the pitching side of the ball is a thing, but he forgot the pitching side of the ball is a thing, especially when you play in cores. Yeah, I don't think he watches baseball in the first place. Certainly so. not. Yeah. Um, with that, let's head over to the Boston Red Sox on the other side of the coast. Last season was a little underwhelming for the Boston Red Sox. Um, they were fifth in the AL East. They went 78 and 84. They decided to not extend Xander Bogarts, which was uh, a move that they decided to do. Uh, he ends up heading out, out in free agency. And Chris Sale decided to pitch one game before re-injuring himself again. Uh, Tom, what do you think about their last season? And what do you think just overall? Like, it, it, it was it was abysmal, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just... When you're finishing last in your division while going 78 and 84, I, I just, that's not like the worst thing in the world. And obviously didn't extend Bogarts uh, and Sale was gone. But now you kind of brought in some more talent, which we'll talk about in a second. And you got Sale back and he looks good in spring training. Steves, run us through the offseason. All right. So, of course, they lost Sander Bogart. He he heads out to San Diego. Eric Hosmer, he goes to the Cubs. That's not really a loss. Um, Tommy Pham goes to the Mets. They designated Jeter Downs for assignment, which was, I think, more of an off-the-field reasoning. Um, but he – so so now in, he heads over to Washington. Now, um, basically, the only thing they got back from Mookie Betts was uh, Alex Verdugo. Um, they traded Josh Taylor to Kansas City and Matt Barnes to Miami. Um, in exchange, they got Al Alberto Mondesi and Richard Blair back for that. Um, and then J.D. Martinez uh, heads over to Los Angeles. Uh, they also do lose Trevor Story for at least a large majority of the season. Uh, he had UCL surgery on his right elbow. Um, so they tried – Alberto Montesi was kind of a move to add more infield depth uh, thanks to that, and Kike Hernandez will probably end up playing shortstop. But they did actually add a lot of big-name pieces. They added Kenley Jansen to a two-year $32 million deal, Masataka Yoshida to a five-year $90 million deal, Justin Turner to a two-year $21.7 million deal, and then they extended Rafael Devers to a 10-year $313.5 million deal. Tom, what do you think of their offseason? I think this is the best offseason they could have had. And, I mean, we talked about this before. It's it's They, they really maxed out on this offseason. I think the, going into the offseason, there was a little bit of confusion what the direction of this team was, and I think they made it clear that they are still going for it and that they still are not you know, com- committing to a rebuild. And and they're still building here. And I think I think the loss of Xander Bogarts is going to hurt them. But what Xander Bogarts wanted was an 11-year deal. So he'd be playing until he was 40. Um, and I honestly think looking into the future, the Padres might be the one that loses that just because I'm not sure how he plays going into 40 years old. Um, it seems like they literally just virtually traded J.D. Martinez for Justin Turner. I mean, I think J.D. Martinez's bat's a little bit better than Justin Turner's bat. <laughs> but you don't you don't really know. Uh, until you see it, I mean, because obviously uh, Fenway plays a lot better than uh, yeah. than Dodger Stadium. Um, I mean, they're also going to lose. I don't know how has anything come out about him getting hit in the face or 
because I don't know how that how long he's gonna be out for. I'm sure um, he'll be back by opening day. That was na- it, it looked nasty though. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of I kind of do like that. They basically just traded JD Martinez for Justin Turner. Um, I mean. I mean, I think they kind of added by subtracting, right? Like, so they lost a lot of pieces, but I think they got better pieces. Like, Masataka Yoshida, both you and I are high on Masataka Yoshida. He's not a top 10 left fielder yet because he's never played in the MLB, but he is a very, very good player, and he's going to be very, very good. It's just a matter of how we have to see him play in the league first. He's looked pretty good in the World Baseball Classic. Um Kenley Jansen played very, very well for the Braves last season, and I think he's going to continue that success in uh, Boston. Justin Turner is going to do Justin Turner things. Him and uh, Enrique Hernandez are really, really, really uh, happy that they're playing together again. And then you lock down Rafael Devers, who's your franchise cornerstone for the next 10 years. Um, I mean, that's a pretty, it's a pretty good offseason. I mean, I don't think you can knock it. The, the only thing that would have made it better is, of course, um, adding Xander Bogarts to that. If they had added him, that would have been great. Um, but I do kind of agree with Tom's point. I mean, he's going to be playing until he's 40. I mean, him, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, like all, all of them are going to be playing until they're like 40. And then they can all retire in the same retirement baseball retirement home, right? At 40. Um, I, I but mean, like, <laughs> I think, I think the reason everyone's bashing the Red Sox is because they completely missed out on a dynasty. I mean, Stez, I know you've seen the post where it's oh, like, yeah. what if the Mookie best trade but, ever happened? Yeah. What if they locked down is Xander Bogarts? Well, it's, it's literally if, like, everything went perfectly, right? Like, they would have Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, Trevor Story, uh, Kyle Schwarber. Like, but, like, that's not how life and goes. Hunter if, Renfro, everything, if everything went perfectly for the Washington Nationals, we'd have Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, Trey Turner, Juan Soto. But instead, we have C.J. Abrams and Josiah Gray. So... Not life doesn't go perfectly, right? The, yeah, I mean, the <laughs> Red Sox the <laughs> they're in the trees, nah. But yeah. I mean, the Red Sox have done; they've had a very, very good off season. I just don't know how this pitching is going to hold up. So let's talk about them because they got Chris Sale, very injury, uh, injured. Uh, Corey Kluber, he had actually a really good season last year. Uh, Nick Pavetta, Garrett Whitlock, and James Paxton. That starting rotation, when healthy and on the field is pretty good, but they're also all old now, and I don't know how they're going to perform on the field. Yeah, I think uh, I think the injury concern has to be the number one thing about this team. Um, I mean, Garrett Woodlock's on the younger side. He actually showing some flashes of uh, yeah. some good some good uh, production on the on the uh, pitching side of things. I think he's like pretty much the only guy that's going to be like a real difference maker that's young. Um, Nick Pavetta. I don't know how old he is. He's like maybe 34. Um, let me check. Um, but the the three guys that I'm highlighting here in Sale, Kluber, and Paxton, they are all very injury prone. Um, and I would say Kluber a little less than the other two. But it's it's just a little concerning. Um, Stez, what do you got? Hold on. Um, I mean, it is definitely concerning. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see, just, I just don't know. I mean, so G, you gotta think also James Paxson and Garrett Whitlock are currently hurt. Um, so as of right now, they're hurt, right? So how's that going to go as the season goes on? Um, right now on Fangriffs, they have Tanner Hawk and Cutter Crawford, uh, being put in their place. Um, which I, again, 20, they're both. They're both almost 27. 
So I mean that's some young that's some young guys right there that could be could be helpful. Um I'm not really sure though. I don't really know what they bring to the table. Like they're young, they can show out probably, but I I just I don't trust this. I I, I don't trust the rotation. And I don't even know if I really trust the bullpen at that point. They got Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, uh John Schreiber, uh, Joely Mar- uh, Rodriguez, Ryan Brazier, Richard Blair, Caleb Ort, and Josh Win- Winkowski. Um, I- again, I don't, I just, I just don't trust the pitching. That it's just, uh... I, I like Tanner uh, Hawak. Hawak. I, I don't know how to pronounce Hawk. it, but I've been Hawk. watching this guy. Uh, his twenty twenty one season was was a little bit better than twenty twenty two. Obviously, bigger sample size in twenty twenty two. I think. Uh, he's still a soft contact type of pitcher, and I think I I like that coming from you know a guy that's gonna be the number four or five in your rotation. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna see a lot of opportunity there, especially considering the injury uh, prone uh, rotation we have. I think Brian Bayo might also get the chance to pitch, who also has a chance to break out next year. I think um, he's definitely got the tools to have a breakout. Uh, it's, didn't really put it together in the last two seasons, but he uh, he allows soft contact, high velocity type of guy. Unfortunately, doesn't strike out that many batters or walk, and he does walk a ton. So I, I don't know if that's what you want from a pitcher. Uh, but th- this rotation is gonna be confusing because the the injury is inevitable. So you're gonna you're gonna give one of these guys a chance. It's just who do you give the chance to first? I just I, I don't know. I I just think the I think the wheels are gonna fall off the train early with this pitching with this pitching staff like. Kenley Jansen's going to go out and do his thing. Uh, Chris Sale will probably get hurt. Corey Kluber is consistent, but again, he's old. So I don't know how his body's going to hold up. How old is he? He is... Like Corey 30s. Kluber's 30, almost 37. Like, I just I just don't... I don't trust the pitching staff. I know I'm saying it over and over again, but I, I'm just trying to drive it home. That, like, I'm just... Cons- like, this, like, this is the... they're the That's the reason that I have them as low as I do. And I'm I mean, as hard on them as I am. I mean, Nick Nick Pavetta, while being pretty ineffective on the mound, still ate up 180 innings last year. And then you got um, you got Corey Kluber also ate 164 at age 35. So uh, these guys can eat innings. I think the the concern lies more I'm just, around. I'm just saying, guys. would you want a guy out there that's gonna pitch 100 or 180 innings? With a five or four five six ERA, or would you rather give a young guy a chance? Um, especially when you end up, especially when you end up being fifth in the East. Hey, fifth in the East would be like second in the Central. Okay, we talk about the the Central being. We mid. do, but that's not they're they're not in the Central. They're in the East. Yeah, I I my more more of my concerns around the uh, bullpen. You know, not having crazy depth. I think there's a couple guys that are difference makers in this bullpen, but I don't know if there's like this interchangeability with the other guys. It's ma- mainly just Jan- Kenley Jansen being their guy that they turn to. Yeah, that's that's their key guy. All right, but with that, let's head over to their lineup. So they got Tristan Casas, the young buck, over at first base. Their franchise cornerstone at their corner, other corner infield spot, Rafael Devers. Justin Turner at DH. Masataka Yoshida in left field. Alex Verdugo in right field. Enrique Hernandez, he'll be their shortstop. Adam Duvall in center field. Reese McGuire at catcher. And Christian Arroyo at second base. They also have Connor Wong and Alberto Mondesi. Both of them are injured. Mondesi will most likely be playing second base. And Reese McGuire will probably be splitting time a lot with Jorge Alfaro. Um, 
The rest of their bench includes Bobby Dahlback, Yu Chang, and Rob Ref Snyder. It's it's a good it's a good offensive lineup. I, I I like it. I just don't know how it's going to hold up with injuries and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not worried about this lineup. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be one of the best offensive lineups in baseball. I think it's just gonna be whether the pitching can can show out or not. This this offensive lineup, especially playing in Fenway, will probably end up being one of the better offenses in baseball. I, I don't think that's even a question. I mean, this 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 top six, even top seven, actually, can all hit at the plate. I mean, having Adam Duvall at seven is crazy because he's been that power guy his whole career. It's a pretty stacked lineup, and especially, you know, factoring in the fact that Tristan Casas didn't really have much of a sample size and still managed to put up this elite on-base percentage. It, it's kind of crazy to see. And, I mean, you got some you got some depth on the bench now with Bobby Dahlbeck and Jorge Alfaro. Um and Alberto Montesi, who has shown flashes of offensive production, it's just he a just matter of whether to be on the field. Yeah, he's not on the field very often. So, I mean, this is a team that has more depth than others, and it has this offensive potential. And I, I honestly see the offensive potential being maxed out this season. It's just the pitching to me. That's a big question and mark. I think, I think the pitching. I think I just, I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited to watch this Boston team. In all honesty, I- I'm excited to watch Masataka Yoshida. Um, Tristan Casas is gonna be fun to watch. Rafael Devers, I always love watching. Um, and a big question mark for me is gonna be Alex Verdugo. Um, I think he's running out of time to take that next step into stardom. Um, with I mean, because like he was supposed to be that guy with the with the Mookie Betts trade, and he really hasn't shown out to be that guy like he's been a good been a good ball player all the way around but he hasn't really taken that step into stardom into all stardom either i i would disagree i think he's a guy that's more of a high high on base percentage guy and more of a high batting average guy actually not a high on base sorry high batting average guy low strikeout guy uh still got to learn how to walk a little more but like he's showing he's he's showing that he's a very good player i mean Got a top 8% expected batting average in baseball while having a top 8% in strikeout rate. He's, he's, he's got tools. I don't think you ex- you can expect him to be like a power threat because he's never really been one. I think he's more of a contact type of guy who has pretty good arm strength out there. I mean, he has a cannon in left, so I, I don't know. I don't think he has to make a big step here to be considered, you know, a good player. I think – I'm really not saying he's a be- bad player. I'm just saying I kind of – I think we were all kind of expecting him to be like that guy, that that guy for the Red Sox, right? Like he's a good like two or three star for the Red Sox, right? But I don't even know if he's that right now. No, he's still twenty six. Yeah. Again, yeah, he is, and he's young. But I'm saying he's kind of. I think he's kind of running out of time, personally, in my opinion. I disagree. Okay, let's go into prospect central. I would like to. I would like to cover the prospects. Obviously, got Tristan Casas. We already we already briefly covered on him. Already on the roster. Uh, I already mentioned he showed an elite plate vision, uh, despite hitting 197, which was pretty bad. Um, but that's a very small sample size. But in that sample size of hitting 197, he still somehow managed to have a 358 on base percentage, and he still got that high exit velocity. We like to see from rookies. We talk about that a lot. First season in the bigs, hitting with a high exit velocity is a good sign of how they're going to play in the majors. Um, and I think that Tristan Casas will have that offensive breakout this season. Another guy um, probably not going to see this season is Marcelo Meyer. Uh, pretty complete package. Doesn't necessarily stand out in any of the categories on the um, 
the PFF grades, uh, but had a slash line of 280, 399, and 49 with 45 extra base hits and 17 steals in his 2022 season debut, uh, despite dealing with an injury earlier in the season. That's kind of hard to, you know, bounce back from, uh, but not a guy I would expect to see this in the season. What are you saying, Stas? Nothing. Um, I mean, I'm again, I'm excited for both these players. Um, I think... I mean, I don't know. Again, I mean, the Red Sox have, they have young guys. Like, they're not, like, completely inept um, in the drafting department. Um, Another guy we might see this year is this guy, Sedane Raffaella. Um, He's an outfield shortstop. His ETA is this year. Um, So we could see him. Um. Really yeah, cute. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put him on the list because the highest he was. He's a, he's a double A player right now. Yeah. Um, and so is Marcelo Meyer. I don't know why they have him as twenty twenty three. He should be more of a twenty twenty four type of guy. Um, I, I mean, guess they're expecting to flap the minors. I mean, he batted two ninety nine last year, uh, eight eighty OPS in twenty twenty two. Like this guy, this guy kind of rakes. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's got potential. stolen just... bases. Struck out one hundred thirteen times though. I mean, that's what you get with a guy like this. His walk tool is horrible. So you got the 26 ball walks uh, to 113 strikeout ratio. But, uh, I, I mean, probably going to be a 30-30 threat in the future, hitting 21 and 28 stolen bases, respectively. So and that's respectively, the name I kind of want to keep on. Sedano Raffaella. And then you got um, Miguel Feliz, who is in rookie ball, obviously just got drafted. So he will not be up. Yeah. Uh, but that's all for the prospect central. But managing to have four players in the top 100 is pretty is pretty good for the for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. You ready to get into our predictions? Yep. You go want ahead, to start off with Brad, no, or do you want me to go? Go ahead, Steve. All right. So I had them going slightly better than they were last year. I had them going 80 and 82. Um, I, I really do like what they did, but I just don't think they're going to put it all together this year. I think they need to add pitching depth, especially in that starting rotation with Chris Sale's injury and the rest of the guys just being old. And I think maybe those young guys that we did talk about, like Tanner Huck and uh, who's the other guy? It was um, it Whitlock? was Cutter Cutter Crawford was the other oh, guy. Okay. Um, maybe maybe they can come up. Maybe they can do something. But I don't see it happening this at at this season. Okay. Uh, MVP, Rafael Devers. Again, you just paid him. Franchise cornerstone. Kind of has to be your MVP. Cy Young, I went with Kenley Jansen. Um, I think he's going to be the most stable piece of any of the pitchers. Uh, maybe Corey Kluber. But, I, I've again, I really like Kenley Jansen. I think he's going to be very, very good for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, breakout, Masataka Yoshida. Like Tom and I both talk about, Masataka Yoshida is going to be very, very good. We just haven't seen a sample size of him in the MLB. Uh, he's a rookie, right, technically. So when he comes in, he's going to be very good. Um, he slugs at an incredible rate, hits the ball hard, does everything that you would want from a player. Uh, most important, I kind of talked about it a little bit. I think it's Mas- or not Mastaxa. I think it's Alex Verdugo. Um, I kind of I, I want to see him take that next step. Um, outside of that, I would say probably the pitching staff, but I think it's Alex Verdugo. I just want to disagree with you real quick on Alex Verdugo. I think in a, in a lineup so offensively driven, but it was like Alex last Verdugo, year. I know, but it is now. And I'm saying yeah. he, he is pretty replaceable in a lineup full of guys that have this power threat now. And I think losing J.D. Martinez is bad, but also replacing him with Justin Turner is pretty good, you know? Um, But going into Brad's... Well, uh, and I mean, that add, that adds to your point, right? Like, if you have all these power threats around him, right, and if you have him there, 
he can he'll he should be able to perform higher than he was. Yeah, I think he will. I think I think and I and I think he will. I'm just saying I I think he's it's important for him to show that next step. Yeah. Um, going into Brad's, uh, this is disrespectful, but he had him going 73 and 89. That's, I'm sorry. Oh man, that's too bad. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if only Brad was here to go off on Stezron. Okay. Um, he probably would too. MVP, Raphael Devers. This is shocking news. Cy Young, Kenley Jansen. This is shocking as well. He had Tanner Huock going as the breakout player. I, Um, I, I knew that was a guy that Brad would like. I mean, his percentiles last year were not very you know, popping. Good. But his 2021 percentiles were, it's, it's all about sample size. Yeah. And I think he definitely, I think we definitely can. I think he, I think he can do it. I think he can. And I think, especially if Sale goes down with an injury, if Whitlock doesn't come back, uh, if, if Kluber goes down with an injury, if Pavetta, go, if, if any of them go down with an injury, Pullock's going to come up and he's going to be, he's going to have innings to pitch assuming he stays healthy too, but he's young. He can show it and he can prove it. And I think he, he can, and I think he will. Yeah. I mean, the most important player they had was, he just had the aging 35 year olds. And I think that's, that's a, that's a good point. I think, I can't, I think yeah, those I 35 year olds. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the, the big point is their starting rotation. And that is where the 35 year olds are. Um, But uh, going into mine, I had them going 84 and 78. Um, that's probably right around closer to the, actually no that's not their ceiling, um, but it's on the I'd higher say, end. It's on the I'd higher say, end. I'd say that's closer to their ceiling. Well, obviously, yeah. their ceiling is very high if their pitching if their pitching shows out. But um, the most valuable player, Rafael Devers, I think we're all in in agreement. You sign someone for on a ten year extension for that much money, you better be your most valuable player. So young, I got Chris Sale, and I, I my reasoning behind that is because. We we, we 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 say we say he's always injured, but he's always he got injured last year for the dumbest reason. Didn't he like fall off a bike or something? I something something happened. I think he punched. Didn't he? Punch no, no, that, that was a different one. That was a different one. Chris Sale, Chris Sale does that sometimes. But the actual concern it revolves around his UCL and his elbow, his elbow, you know, his health around there. But the the injury history of Chris Sale is just so unlucky. He fractured his wrist in a bike accident. That's what I'm saying. It's just these these freak accidents. Like and this has nothing to do. That's that that has nothing to do with pitching at all. You know, so like you just have to you know restrict Chris Sale of bikes, and he's going to have a Cy Young. He's just gonna have revoke a his bike privileges. Do not let him bike. Um, and you know it's really a luck thing. He hasn't had this elbow problem since 2020 when he got that when he got surgery. So like, I, I, mean, I think I think it's bound to happen eventually. He's going to come back and be good. I don't think I don't I think, think he's got nearly as much weight on him. I think we were talking about, and I think was it I think it was Brad said prime Chris Sale was better than Prime Verlander. Was that is that what he said? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I mean Prime Chris and Sale was something else. Prime Chris Sale is very good. He's very nasty. He he throws a lot of strikes and he he's consistent. So I definitely think that's not far off, right? If he's healthy, if he's hundred percent healthy, Chris Sale could definitely be the signing for this Boston Red Sox team. But I just don't think he's going to be healthy. He hasn't really pitched in two seasons. Like I know, I know, Steps. But do you think he's going to get into another biking accident? Because no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. But like, he's a lot older now. He's two years older. He's coming back. Hasn't pitched at a major league level really. Like he pitched one game last year, and he hasn't pitched at a major league level in nearly two seasons, right? And he's a lot older. 
And I think his rapid motion and his very erratic motion is going to – I just don't know how it's going to hold up with an aging body. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Chris Sale is kind of like a one of the one of the most interesting motions in baseball, but I absolutely love it. I think that's something that definitely helps his success is that crazy motion coming from the left-hand side. Yeah. Um, breakout right with you there, Stevs. Masataka Yoshida, the top the tenth best left fielder in baseball. No. Uh, most important I had Chris <laughs> No. Most important <laughs> I, I had Chris Sale, obviously for, for the reasons we just discussed. Um, he needs to be healthy. And I think that's the main thing about him. And I think that really wraps up our our Red Sox. Th- this is a team that has a very high ceiling. And we, we're, let's get into the ceiling before we wrap this up. The yeah. volatility rating. I think this could be a 90-win team if everything goes right. This team could win 90 games. And Stavis, don't look at me like that. I'm telling I'm you, you like that. this team can win 90 games. They have one of the best offenses in baseball if, if everything goes right. And um, if they're pitching, if they, get, if they can get consistent pitching – they don't really need like a standout guy. If they can get some, like just, you just need some decent pitching. You don't need everyone to be amazing. You need decent pitching. You need to outscore. That's how you win a baseball I'm, game. I'm not seeing 90. I'm not going to give them 90. I can see 87, 88. What about 90? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. So Brad, Brad, what is Brad? 74? 74, I think. Yeah, let me go back. 73, actually. That's their I, floor. I, mean, I guess that's, that's their, their floor. floor. Yeah, I guess Brad, Brad is... sees everything going wrong. I don't. He, I guess he... Brad sees everything going wrong here. His argument, though, his argument has to be that they're in the AL East, but it, once it again, is. they're playing every team in the MLB. So it's like, I think the AL East. I, this is this is my take for the season. I think every team in the AL East will finish 500 or above. I I honestly I stand by. I that. have the only the Red Sox going under 500. Little spoiler alert for the rest of the AL East, but yeah. Um, Stavis, you want to wrap it up? But with that, that'll do it for this episode. If you guys did enjoy, please leave a rating down below. All our socials will be in the description down below as well. Uh, thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you guys on the next team projection. Steve!